Hi, it's David Paul, and this is the hot button number 35, The Trouble with Gucci. When I saw House of Gucci the first time, I had that same slightly unsettled feeling that most of the people I've spoken to or seen write about the film seem to have. What stuck with me was the notion that I love Jared Leto's Paolo Gucci, and in the second half of the movie, his relationship with his father, Aldo, played by Al Pacino. I'd happily watch a movie with the two of them alone for 90 minutes. I also quite like the performance of Lady Gaga as Bertizia Reggiani. She was quite willing to play someone who loses and who's often unlikable. I loved her late developing relationship with Sama Hayek's Pina. Together they were a team of the unhappy, finding comfort in one another, and the continuing comforts of Gucci money. My ire was focused on Adam Driver as Maurizio Gucci, who didn't quite convince me as his character made the sudden turn from Grateful Apprentice to Patricia's creation to Brazen Asshole as he hooks up with a tall, skinny blonde for whom he once had it lusted. Not coincidentally, she is the opposite of Patricia, who is small and curvy and made up to the hilt, while the film's Paolo Franchi has perfect facial f- structure and barely wears makeup or styles her hair. But then I saw the movie again. And the problem with the movie became crystal clear. And it wasn't that complicated. The movie wants to be House of Gucci. That is when it's at its best. And what they decided to make was Patrizia Reggiani wants to be a Gucci, which has its charms, but it's just not that interesting, ultimately. Instead of the movie being about a dynasty frozen by its inability to navigate the period's licensing obsession and keep it fresh... Two older men who love what was but can't move forward. Two sons who can bring something to the future but are kept at arm's distance. And then with the death of one of the elders, the ice-cold fight to take control of the company. This is the movie that has most of the good scenes in the film. But it's only about half the movie. And half of the movie is about this emotionally stilted man who's brought to life by a woman and who, once he has some blood in his veins, dumps her for a sleeker, stylish model. Again... I am a fan of Gaga's performance. It's not that. And it's really not about Adam Driver, really. If you ain't on the same, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. And the movie about the man who outgrows the woman who made him a man is old news, no matter how cool or good the actors. There are going to be some spoilers from here on in. So if you, nothing really that you probably don't know from trailers, but if you don't want to hear about it, this is the time to bail out. I understand in the third act, we're going to keep Patrizia because the big close is coming and yada, yada, yada. But do we really care in the end? In fact, do we even care if Maurizio lives or dies? But it gets worse. I read this article by Sarah Forden, who wrote the book on which the movie's based, about finally getting to talk to Sherry McLaughlin in depth about what happened. She's the real-life person with whom Maurizio started the affair in 1985. After they split in 85, he started with Paolo Franchi, who's the character in the film, whom he was with till his murder. And wow, what a story. It's on Bloomberg. It's under subscription, but you can look for it. It isn't, I'm sure, it sure is not Maurizio runs into an old flame, wannabe flame by coincidence and starts an affair that will split him from his wife, which is kind of what the movie has. Mauricio actually chased the married Sherry for a long time after meeting her on the sea in the build-up to an America's Cup. He confessed all of his frustrations to this woman building a deep relationship, and when he left Patrizia in 1985, not on a motorcycle running from the authorities, but it, but just as instantly as the movie suggests, she says, she's quoted, I was the catalyst. I didn't want to break up his marriage, but he said it was already broken. Another quote from this terrific story, in the first few years after they met, Sherry took the Concorde back and forth between New York and London and Paris to see him. He'd pick her up from the airport in his black Ferrari and drive her to St. Moritz, where he'd inherited his father's chalet. We'd get clocked and pulled over doing 200 kilometers a mile an hour, she says. We'd have to pay someone pay something like $5,000 not to get a ticket. 
This is not the guy Adam Driver is playing in this movie. This guy was passionate and fun. This is a guy who'd be interesting to watch. And more importantly, it is a guy whose break from Patrizia would be all the more painful and rich to watch. Patrizia was what he needed, and then Shuri was what he needed and wanted. Then there was Paola, who he needed and wanted. The dividing line between these women and Patrizia was clear. The movie insists on drawing us into continuing sympathy with Patrizia, but the real story is a much clearer picture of how things happen in a relationship. It makes the simplicity of Maurizio's clean break distinctly more kind and more cruel. But there's even a bigger picture issue here. Even if you balanced out Maurizio's romantic life better, the movie's still meant to be about the House of Gucci. The split from Patrizia should have been the end of the sec first act. Second act should have been all about the machinations of Mauricio engaging in trying to rebuild Gucci, the 88 portrayal, 1988 portrayal of Aldo and Paolo, and probably the end of the relationship with Sherry. And then the third act is the Invesco and Tom Ford Gucci's coming together, his relationship with Paolo, Mauricio's pushed out himself in 1993, and two years later, Patrizia and Pina work themselves into a frenzy and decide to have him killed. Or something like that, depends on who you ask, but that's a whole other conversation. Who wanted to take Lady Gaga out of the movie, though, for 45 minutes in the middle while we deal with the two other relationships Maurizio has? Nobody, apparently. I, of course, have no idea what the process of developing the script was, especially beat by beat, but somehow there was a decision to combine certain elements, like the two women, and to keep Patrizia close to the action for most of the movie. House of Gucci is really Maurizio's story. It's his journey. It's the journey of the Gucci's, which Patrizia was kind of part of for about 15 years then not for a decade. And then again, for a minute, she was very much a part of the story. But instead, Patricia is not only equal story-wise, but dominant in this film. And it unbalances the movie. Because as much as I love watching Gaga and Selma drown their sorrows in money and wine and mud and their wonderful scenes, the story is not hers. It's as though the domestic drama of Karen and Henry Hill dominated Goodfellas. She is incredibly important. Karen's character, incredibly important. Her scenes define so much of that movie. But Karen is not the co-lead. Also, the focus on Patricia ends up making the scenes with Aldo and Paolo seem kind of like add-ons when they should not. Our focus is on this marital relationship, not the Gucci's. But the Gucci's keep turning up in great scenes for good reason. The film keeps wanting more of them. The film wants it. The scene with Aldo at the business table, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's great. But it should be greater. And the film, because the film's focus is elsewhere for most of the movie, even though the movie keeps telling us that the theme is the transition from the craftsmanship and individuality that was Gucci into the modern corporation that it became, quite successfully after Aldo. To make yet another Scorsese reference, the end of Casino, when you see the old casinos being blown up on the strip, as they actually were, that is what we should feel in that scene with Aldo at the business table. For me, I got that intellectually, but it didn't work as it should in the movie emotionally because the focus is elsewhere. In my imagination, the idea subtextual feeling at the end of House of Gucci is that Patrizia, who understood the magic of Gucci, returns as a conceptual, not literal, ghost of what was coming from Maurizio, who did not respect the magic, who had in this film the soul of a lawyer, not someone who takes care of people's intimate comforts. Instead, it feels like a woman who's still attractive and moneyed and free in her life and in many ways pining for a man, unable to move along, eventually deciding to take the shortest, deepest, most inappropriate route to freedom while on a bender with a pal. Of course, you can't exactly tell the true story in the exact time frame. I get it, 100%. 
But in this case, the story is great and has a natural structure that should have been better respected. In the end, it's why the film doesn't seem to be a smooth and complete tell, even as beautifully as it is made and acted and as great as some of the words are. Maybe the movie they shot was more like the real story. Very possible. Some pieces may not have worked as well as Sir Ridley intended. They tried to fix it in post. Gaga's a home run every time she's on screen. Leto's amazing. Pacino, Driver a little less so in the story. Or maybe they just wrote it pretty much this way and just missed the thread. But man, Sir Ridley is usually pretty damn good at finding the beating heart and sticking with it. So regardless of how this happened, and I won't pretend this is an inside the making of, because that's almost always a big fat lie, the movie is the movie is the movie. I would recommend the experience to anyone. There's a ton of tasty candy inside this misshapen shell. I just wish it didn't have the aftertaste of having used the wrong recipe. Until tomorrow.